Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast. My special guest today is someone who is fascinated and committed to growth and the pursuit of excellence, both in life and in business. Her name is Suze Cumming, and she's the founder of The Nature of Real Estate and the director of the Negotiating Institute here in Canada. She is a mom, a former international-level sailor, national-level adventure racer, a marathon runner, and an extreme mountain bike racer. Now, if anyone has an appreciation for living life to its fullest and creating a business through excellence, it's Suze. And I am extremely excited that she's with us today, all the way from her beautiful country home in BC, to talk about negotiating what it means in our relationships, in our business, and why excellence is the key to success. Because Suze is one of the most highly trained and skilled negotiators that I know, I originally thought, you know what would be perfect? A topic discussion on negotiating. But what I found after speaking with her was so much more than that. Her experience, perspectives, and advice on happiness, entrepreneurship, and negotiating are something that everyone needs to hear, and especially lifestyle entrepreneurs. And I am so happy to be able to bring this conversation to you. So let's not delay any further and jump right to our call. Suze, thank you so much for being with me today. Good morning, Michelle. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be with you. You're such a sweetheart. I love chatting with you and working with you. And I know you've done uh, some fabulous work with our realtors here in Toronto. Um, But I know you also travel all across uh, North America. Have you gotten to Europe yet? No trips to Europe. <laughs> we'll have to make that happen. I think those ones will be vacations rather yeah. than work. But <laughs> definitely that... on, the, uh, on, on the list. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Well, Suze, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and for our listeners to be able to learn a little bit about you and your, um, you know, your expertise in, in negotiating, you run an amazingly successful organization called the nature of real estate. You teach, uh, real estate entrepreneurs, really the language strategy and the technique of powerful negotiating. And I know you blog, you teach, you train coaches. Um, I don't know what you don't do. And before we dive into negotiating, can you just share a little bit about yourself? Oh, you bet, Michelle. Thank you You know, so much for asking. I've had a, a long and incredibly wonderful career in real estate. I started in 1985 uh, in the west side of Toronto, uh, selling real estate uh, there for almost 20, 20 years. Had a lovely career, but it was almost divided into two sections. I had the early career when I was very young and had some great success, but I rode the wave. You know, the up and the down, and oh, no, when's my next deal coming? I have the money. No, now I have a lot of money. Uh, You know, that sort of typical pattern that realtors um, often fall into that causes a lot of anxiety. Uh, And then I actually um, got out of real estate for a couple of years after the recession. I got married. My husband was not not particularly fond of me being in real estate with the nights and weekends. And uh, so he, um, he asked that I, I leave real estate. And then, of course, that marriage fell apart. Um, <laughs> probably those two things were somehow related to each Connected. other. But I had a, um, yeah, you know, I mean, real estate is really, really hard on our relationships if we don't, uh, if we don't manage that process. And it's certainly something I talk to all my clients about is relationships first. Um, because it's it's easy to uh, it's easy to lose to lose that connection when we work so hard. Um, so true. So that marriage ended, and I had a two year old daughter, 
And uh, so I obviously went back to real estate because that's what I loved and that's what I was good at. Um, but that my daughter, Allie, at the age of two, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I was just starting back in real estate after a broken marriage. And it was really super scary time. Yeah. But in hindsight, I'm amazingly grateful for that time. Obviously not grateful that my child has a, you know, a, a challenge that still um, is with her today. But what it did is it gave me this amazing clarity about how to run a real estate business. There wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot of time for deals that didn't go through, for clients that were difficult, for running around showing clients houses that didn't buy clients. There just wasn't time for that as a single mother with this, um, with this lovely little baby that needed this incredible amount of medical uh, care and attention. And mm-hmm. I really attribute that experience to me learning how to be a very, very uh, tight, clear brilliant real estate agent who did an amazing job for my clients. And, and when I started doing that, when I was consistently amazing for my clients, my business grew organically really quickly. Imagine that, uh, eh? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, kind of where the coaching, you know, the coaching and training company came from. Cause I was like, I really want other realtors to understand that when we're excellent at this, when we really service our clients at a level that's meaningful and valuable, Real estate is easy, fun, rewarding, and we can manage this lifestyle balance, which is what you and I have talked to, which has brought us to this podcast today. Yeah. So, so that's a little little piece of my background. Well, maybe you can share then. That was a great segue into this so-called balance as we like to look at it. I know my listeners have heard me talk about it, and I, I, I always say I don't believe in balance. Um, I think there's a better word for it. We can call it harmony. We can call it, but to think that one is going to weigh out and be equal to the other um, is challenging. It's a challenging you know, mindset to work from, but you and I have chatted about that and you are no stranger to having to figure out a way to manage personal life challenges, struggles, um, you know, having a child with, with, uh, diabetes, trying to get your business off the ground. So maybe you can just share a little bit about that in terms of your, the mindset and, and what you've gone through in order to achieve this, you know, balance. And we'll just use balance as a, you know, a word to sum it up. Yeah, and you're right. There probably is a better metaphor for what does a really healthy relationship with ourselves and business look like. And I remember hearing one time from a you know some guru speaker that balance doesn't ever occur. We just move back and forth through it. So we we're unbalanced on one side, then we move through balance, and then we're unbalanced on the other side. So perhaps uh, harmony or um, alignment or something is is a better word. Um, and it's it's very elusive in real estate because our our personal life and our business life all sort of intermingle uh, time-wise and people-wise and activity-wise. And, you know, I can certainly remember many a night sitting with my baby on my knee on the telephone trying to close deals. So, you know, where does those, where do those lines, um, where do those lines draw? And so, you know, for me, I didn't have, I didn't have the luxury of not finding that balance. Allie's medical needs as a really small child were extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so not being available to deal with those medical concerns wasn't an option. She had to have, um, uh, you know, 10 blood tests a day and then five of these sort of shots, you know, needles that were exact amounts at exact times. And each gram of or each bit of food had to have all the carbohydrates measured in the glycemic index. So this wasn't something you could give off to somebody else. No, not at all. And not go in unprepared um, either. This is, you had to be fully focused. 
Yeah. So there, so it was sort of forced on me. So how do you, and then how do you work your business around that became the reality of this, you know, single mom sitting there with this challenge in front of me. Uh, and I, you know, I really recognized that taking on bad business wasn't going to be an option. Um, and so, you know, the relationships with my clients were critical. I always disclosed that I had this challenge to clients. And so I would say, you know, if you want to look at houses on the, on the night, in the nights or on the weekends, I'm not the agent for you because I can't do that. And, you know, they, of course, initially go, well, we, you know, that's when we need to look at houses. And I go, perfect, great. Can I help you help find you a different agent? And they were like, well, no, we want you. <laughs> right. And I thought, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, but it, it made me sort of wonder, why do they, why do they want me? And, and really, I would have clients who would take time off work to go see houses. That's amazing. Because I did have daycare for Allie. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to get the daycare to hire a caregiver who had type 1 diabetes. So she was safe during the day um, at that daycare. So it was, um, it, you know, I did all of the things that all of us should do to, to create a really amazing business, but I did it because I had to. Uh, but I learned from that, and which is what I can forward to my uh, clients. And it's, you know, that question, why did they want to work with me anyway, even though they mm-hmm. couldn't see houses at night? Well, that's our biggest, and, you know, that's the biggest question that we all aim to answer. Right, and that, that it really is what it comes down to, and I've spent the last 10 years with the nature of real estate really trying to, to hone that hone that, and what that, what that means. And here's what I'm seeing in real estate. With the exceptions of a few brokerages like your own that do high-level training inside that brokerage, on average throughout North America, the only training that realtors are getting is their licensing, and then they're getting outside training from companies like mine, that are outside and not affiliated with the brokerages, but most of those companies are spending all of their time training agents on how to get leads. Yes. And that's it, right? Get leads, get leads. And then what? Lead gen, (laughs) online lead gen, offline lead gen, hammer your sphere, whatever it goes on and on and on. And and it's just been, it's it's a nightmare because these agents, unfortunately, don't have any idea what it means to be a great agent. They know how to get leads, kind of. But then those leads don't, you know, a huge percentage of those leads never convert because they don't have the skills to engage those people in a meaningful way. They don't have the reputation of doing a phenomenal job for a client. And phenomenal doesn't mean, I hear this from, and I bet you hear this too, I hear this from agents all the time, no, no, I did a really good job. I, I brought them a bottle of wine after the deal closed. Yeah, I, or I, I went over and above. That was, that's always my favorite. And I'm like, well, what exactly does that mean? And, yeah, and what does it mean, Michelle? Like you and I are both in the situation where we're passionate about this. We know the agents that we work with have the best intentions to give amazing customer service to their clients. But what's, what's happening out there? What, what is your experience with what the average agent is, is doing? Yeah, you know, I think that the, the the thing that I'm seeing most is it's mindset related and it's perspective related. And so when I hear agents say, I go over and above or I went over and above, to me, I'm hearing... Um, yes, the intention is good. Absolutely. We don't ever, you know, want to, we don't get into business to, to screw it up. You know, that's not our intention, but the going over and above that, I don't know that that language should be a part of customer service because I feel if you are working to the needs of your client, there's no such thing as going over and above. It's meeting the need. 
And that's, that's kind of just what I, you know, where I sort of see things. I really like that. It's like it's like they're measuring against some unknown, right? And it's like, no, guys, you got to do everything. You got to, of course, you have to be over and above everybody else. You have right. to be way over and above everybody else all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. It's yeah. it's interesting, and, and you know, I like what you say. Of course, their intention's great. I actually believe that most people who get into real estate. Ah, there's a few who are totally in it for the money. You know, we know that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're probably mm-hmm. not attracted to your brokerage. They're probably not attracted to my organization. But the majority of people who get into real estate care deeply about servicing people in this really, really significant decision that affects all aspects of our clients' lives. Absolutely. They start off there. And I, I truly believe that's where they start off. But then this training they get beats it out of them. It and all does. of a sudden, they're not people, they're leads, you know? Yes. It's like, no, they're not leads, they're people. No, they're people with human lives and human experiences and challenges just like us. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, and fears and all that. And I think that's, that's really what, you know, what we want to do is bring it back and, and bring it back to this incredible opportunity we have to enter people's lives and help them make this amazing decision. I love The balance that. comes from if they won't let us do that, if we want to have a really balanced career, we need to step aside and let that client go and work with somebody else. That's a hard because one. Because it, it's a really, really hard one, and it's what I learned because obviously, if I, you know, as, as I was raising Allie when she was very young and someone said, yeah, okay, you can have my listing, but this is how it's going to go. I'm like, no, it's not. And it's not because I'm trying to be a stick in the mud or I'm trying to be a tough negotiator. It's, that's not happening. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then they go, well, well, what do you mean? And amazingly, a pretty significant percentage of those what we would call difficult sellers would actually choose to go with me in the long run. Some, of course, wouldn't, right? They're like, that's ridiculous. Right, It's right. ridiculous that you can't do open houses, and it's ridiculous that you won't price my property at $50,000 more than it's worth. Absolutely. You know, it might be completely ridiculous. I just can't do it. And so can I help you find another agent or do you want to do that on your own? And, and, and you know, some of them, of course, would say, I'm going to go and find another agent. Um, and what I'd saved was that difficult relationship where we have a seller who doesn't believe in our expertise, doesn't take our advice, bothers us constantly, is frustrated, and we're in friction with that seller on a regular basis through that entire listing contract. And that eats up a huge amount of energy and time that you no longer have available, in my case, for my daughter, but in everybody's case, every agent's case, you no longer have that energy and time available for whatever it is that's important to you. Getting other clients, Mm -hmm. your partner, your sports, whatever it is that's important to you now has been taken away from you. And so I think it's, it's it's one of the most important things. But it segues well into our conversation about um, negotiations. It does. So now, tell me a little bit. Now, your your company slogan, uh, and I know we haven't talked uh, too much about your company, so I do want you to share what it is that you do and provide and what you stand for. But maybe we can just start with your your slogan. Your tagline is guiding you to excellence. And I know you and I chatted a little bit about that and and how that fits into your vision. Maybe we can start there, and you can just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So well, th- yeah. Thank you for that. It's. <laughs> It's interesting, right? Most coaching companies are about money, 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 money. And I'm like, I don't know. The money follows. The money doesn't lead to me. That's been my experience in business um, with my own business in real estate and with the people that I've led. If they led with, if they lead with really being excellent at what they do, and we'll get back to what that means in real estate, 
then the clients are attracted like a magnet. If you think about a massage therapist or a physiotherapist who is excellent, and we know that that's one in 20. All, all massage therapists make you feel good. All physiotherapists help you move your joints better. But one in 20 is exceptionally good at what they do. And they mm. never have to advertise for clients. You're so they right. They have a three or four month waiting list to be able to get onto their roster, to be able to have them do what they do. And I thought, you know, that's true of really great realtors. Once I had one of my clients giggling with me the other day, and he says, can you believe I actually got an email from someone asking if I'm taking on any new clients? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, super cool, right? <laughs> like, how good is that? Um, and, you know, so that's sort of the seed of it. If we're excellent at what we do, people are happy to talk about it. People are happy to share. They want their friends and family to work with us because we're so good. They feel like their friends and family are going to be better protected. Mm-hmm. They feel like things, good things are going to happen to my referrals because I've sent them to this agent who's, who's really good at, at what he or she does. And mm-hmm. so then it you know, becomes what does excellence in real estate look like? And yeah, guys, I think you should deliver a closing gift, but I don't think that's what makes you excellent at real estate no. at all. And we lose so quickly, we lose uh, focus on what really matters. Yeah. And, um, it's, you know, I went through, I sold a house last year and, and bought a new one and I blogged extensively about it because honestly, through the process, before I found the right agent on each end, found the right agent to sell and found the right agent to buy, I was pretty appalled at what people thought customer service was. Like I was like, you know, cause I had never really been on in the trenches on that side. Right. And it was, it was an interesting, um, experience for, for sure. So, so what is excellence in real estate? Um, Excellence is, is being able to do a better job for your client than they could do without you and then they could do with your competition. Mm-hmm. And so it's multi-level. The big one, I believe, obviously, because I took on this um, directorship at the Negotiation Institute, is negotiation skills. I think we are, the primary thing we're paid to do is to negotiate on behalf of our clients on massive, massive transactions that are incredibly emotionally motivated. That's a huge responsibility, mm-hmm. and that's our, you know, professionally we're paid for that. We need to be good at that. And, and, and what does that mean? You know, the negotiation is not sitting at a final table fighting over numbers. Well, that's just it, right? Because the perception that, that most people have about negotiation is this very direct, aggressive, how-to-win mentality. And yes, we want to win, but it's got to be a win-win. And I know you, you, you talk about that, but it, the perception people have is that very, that almost very hard for um, aggressive skill. And, and so what, maybe you can share your sort of definition of what exactly is negotiating to you? Because you do a lot. I mean, this is, the, the, this is really the primary focus of, of what you do, and you do it so well, and you build so many realtors up to be strong negotiators, but it's not just the right language and the right uh, objection handler. So maybe you can just share a bit what is negotiating. Sure. You know, basically, in in the simplest terms, it's this idea of interaction between people to reach an an agreeable outcome. You know, that's really what it is. I mean, a great example of why where competitive negotiating won't won't work. Right, right. This week, we're post election, mm-hmm. and our leader Trudeau has the most complicated negotiation of his life coming at him, and we're all going to get to watch it. Right. He's got a minority government. He's got a country that's divided. And he's got 
three different options of people that he can go to to negotiate opportunities to be able to leave this country. So this is a nonpartisan view from me. We, we have an amazing um, opportunity to view how he negotiates. If he was to come on strong and aggressive and assertive, he would fail this country. Mm-hmm. He has to be able to build this collaboration uh, between the different parties and the different parts of the country to be successful. And that's really what we need to do in real estate. We have, um, in any given transaction in real estate, everybody wants the same outcome. The buyer wants to buy the house. The seller wants to sell the house. And the agents want to do a great job for their clients and earn a commission. And the buyers and sellers don't mind paying the commission if the transaction goes well. So, you know, you've got this, this, everybody's on the same side, and yet we go into this thing and we start arguing about price. Well, it's not worth this and not worth that. (laughs) What if we just surfaced what is important to everybody? Mm. And that's building the relationship, building the trust, having the communication skills to keep defensiveness and conflict out of the conversation, and truly understand what's important to all of the different sides, and then start the creative process of satisfying as many of those needs as possible. That's, that's really what it's about. And, and that's it. so hence yeah. the communication skills, the relationship, um, the patience, the creativity, all of these things that make uh, a strong negotiator a master. And, you know, you, you, you kind of touched upon something in your, um, just, you know, describing what, what Trudeau is going to be facing and, and what tends to happen with realtor negotiations, and that is people butt heads. They go at it from a conflict. And what I love about what you do is that's not the, that's not what you teach people. That's not how you teach people to negotiate. You, you're always about uh, looking for that common ground and how can everybody have a win-win as opposed to somebody winning and somebody losing. Cause to me, that's not a successful negotiation. When somebody walks away feeling bad or like they lost, that's, that's not a win. Nope. Nope. And, you know, uh, so it's, it's tricky, right? The complexity of collaborative negotiations. So collaborative negotiations are defined as a win-win outcome, you know, working together to uh, establish everybody's needs and then being able to distribute the bits of the transaction so that those needs are met to the best of everybody's ability. That, that's kind of the definition of collaboration. There's a lot of people in the world who think that collaborative negotiations are weak. And it's a, you know, it's a misconception because a strong collaborative negotiator uh, will actually get a great outcome. Uh, so we need to be able to speak the language around this other type of negotiation, which is competitive negotiation, which is about I win, I want to win, and that means you lose. This mm-hmm. sort of fixed idea about that, and it's going to be a part of our of our world. There's going to be agents because I can't train everybody. A lot of them won't come for training, and <laughs> particularly competitive negotiators, because <laughs> exactly. they're like, I, I got this, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, um, but also our clients. Uh, the people that we represent will often come from a belief that competitive negotiations are a better way to go. So the the deep understanding of those different approaches to negotiation and being able to speak clearly about why a collaborative process will get them a better outcome uh, is really important. Uh, it's an important skill to have. And it's, it brings up that idea of we're not just negotiating on behalf of our client to do a real estate transaction. We also have this significant negotiation that we're doing with our prospects to be able to earn the right to represent them. And that's another big negotiation, different in its, um, you know, in its makeup and, and material to the, the one where we're representing them, but equally as important. Uh, and that's the trick to the balance. If you can negotiate those relationships, those working relationships with your buyers and sellers, 
to a point where they're a win-win, win for them. They're going to get the best outcome. Win for you, you're going to have a positive relationship to work within. There's going to be mutual respect. Then that's when it, you know, it all comes together and we're able to um, have solid solid lifestyle we you know we're not frantic we're we're just doing really high-end work we come across as very professional we feel a lot of self-esteem we do great jobs we attract more clients life gets good it's a perfect cycle it really is that that's the cycle we want to be in right is to have to have that you know living and working to our highest and best use and purpose and then attracting more of that yeah yeah yeah, and you know, anytime in my life now, I mean, I now live in this sort of historic uh, country neighborhood north of Victoria. I just spent ten years living in Whistler, running my company from Whistler skiing, and now I'm I'm running my company from here. And there's you know sheep and cows, and I got my sailboat down at the end of the end of the dock, and um, I still work very very hard, but I have time to enjoy the things that matter to me, and I think it makes me better at what I do uh, because I'm never I'm never frantic. I'm not stressed. I'm not you know worried. I'm not self-absorbed. I'm Mm -hmm. always available to be present for my my clients, present for my students. And as realtors, that's also very, very important. If our life is frantic and overly busy and, you know, jumbled, we arrive with our clients without being able to be completely present for them, without having the capacity to truly understand what their needs are. And that you know, perpetuates this cycle of frantic busyness yeah. that is pandemic in real estate uh, that doesn't doesn't serve anybody very it well. Doesn't, and you know, I, I I find that when that happens, when people get stuck in that cycle, they end up being resentful. And then they look at everything that they need to do in order to satisfy the needs of their client, which is the goal, um, as they're taking away something from me, like they're being demanding. And that's only because they're coming from a place of lack because they haven't nourished and nurtured all these other parts of their, their lives. Um, and so you're right. It, it, it all fits in. I mean, that really is, that's really the, the, the basis of lifestyle entrepreneurship is how do you build a business around the life that you love? so that they work together and that they all complement one another as opposed to having this constant competitive struggle. Oh, and that struggle is, you know, it's so painful to people. Um, it's, you know, uh, Allison, who you spoke with last week, spoke about mommy shame. Mm-hmm. And I think she then replaced it with parent shame. Yeah. Um, and I just, that really hit home for me, right? Because it's, I mean, obviously I, I felt some of it and it was a part of my life. And I know that so many people that we work with in, in real estate as coaches have that. And uh, that's not okay. It's not right? okay. Like, that, that's no. not okay. <laughs> no, how can you be confident and, you know, working to your highest and best use if you're feeling guilty and you're feeling shameful yep. and you're feeling small? It just doesn't work. Yeah, and so for, you know, any of your listeners who have that feeling, it's time to take a step back and really take a look at what you're doing because you, that, that sh- you know, shame and guilt are two of the most negative emotions that human beings feel, and it will take its toll on you and your family and your relationships um, personally and your relationships professionally. So it's just that's, that's the red card. I get it still sometimes, and it's the red flag, and it, mm-hmm. when the red flag goes up, I stop. I say, okay, stop. What do I need to change in my business right now so that I don't have this? Mm. Um, Good for you for taking that approach, though, and being aware of it. I think sometimes people aren't even aware of, you know, all the the red flags that might be going on around them. They're just, they're stuck in the busyness. 
stuck in the busyness. Stuck in the busyness. I know. <laughs> so now, you know, how do you then in your organization, uh, the nature of real estate and all of the work that you do for negotiating, you know, certifying people on negotiating, um, how is it that you teach people or guide them towards this excellence? Because I know you take a very holistic approach. Um, you're not just, this is the skill that I'm going to teach you. So maybe you can share a little bit about what you do in that matter to guide people towards excellence. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting because it's, it's almost like it's a different thing for each person. So if we talk about coaching, um, you know, there's a bunch of things we do. We do, I do coaching and coaching is very expensive. And I know that, you know, it just is. And there's a lot of people who are going to be brilliant in real estate who can't afford coaching. So there has to be alternatives to that. So there's coaching and then there's negotiation training, which is a great introduction to some of the things I'm doing. Um, and then I've got the blog, which is meant to be sort of a free thing. And then every business consultant tells me I need a cheaper thing. I need a, a $50 thing. And I don't have a $50 thing, <laughs> um, to offer people. So I'm hoping the blog is, is, is valuable for them. Uh, for sure, it's it's a mindset shift and not a behavioral shift. Mm. So, you know, we can talk to people about changing their behaviors. You know, there's things that we do, actions and behaviors. And most coaching companies and most training deals with actions and behaviors. Do this and this will happen. Don't do this and this will be the outcome. And the truth is people can't change at a behavioral level. It just, it's not, it's not possible because below those actions and behaviors are thoughts and feelings. We have certain feelings about behaviors. There's feelings about the world um, that we have that are, are really a huge part of our makeup. And if you don't start at least addressing the thoughts and feelings, you have zero chance of changing the behaviors. But below those thoughts and feelings is a mindset, mm-hmm. a worldview, an attitude. And that is actually, to be excellent at anything, we need to go into that mindset and attitude place and shift that. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, scarcity and abundance. I don't think you used those words, but, you know, right, I knew what yeah. you were getting at. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big piece of, of, um, of, of mindset, and there's many other pieces around mindset. And so if we can... If we can operate in this world from a place that we believe there is an abundance of opportunities, and that means that if somebody else has an opportunity, we don't resent them because we go, oh, they found an opportunity. That means there's more opportunities. I'm going to go get by. That that belief that there is um, an abundance of opportunities. Um, Judgment is a huge piece of this. People have this, they're all wrapped up in this cycle of judgment. We know this. I mean, anyways, Brene Brown is a brilliant, yes. brilliant speaker on this concept of, of judgment. And it's, it's complex. And we judge other people. We judge ourselves. And we actually believe other people are judging us. But that's really just a mirror into our own soul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get this, this thing going. And as, as realtors, if we can let, as, as business people, mm-hmm. if we can let go of that and be deeply and authentically curious about each person we come across, everything changes. What a great perspective to be deeply curious about the people that we're working with. Yeah, because then when they have a little temper tantrum, I mean, they're going through a really stressful thing in their life. They're going to behave in ways that are not like perfectly ideal all the time. Of course they are. They're scared. They're nervous. They're frightened. They're caught up in social norms, whatever. There's a whole bunch of things going on for them. And our job isn't to judge that. Our job is to be with that and serve them through this, what is often a very stressful process. I I love that you said that because I often find myself having conversations with realtors and they take it 
personally. And so instead of looking at the situation as this person's having a hard time, they look at it as this person's giving me a hard time. And there's that, that is a huge distinction to make and being able to step back and look at the situation from a different lens, a different perspective. And the minute you can do that and say, okay, this is not about me. Yes, this person might be reacting, but this is not about me. And how can I help alleviate whatever stress they're going through. And that's going over and above. <laughs> that's not even, and I don't even want to use that term, but that's meeting the needs of your client. That's your role as this trusted advisor. Absolutely. And it, you know, is it, I love it. You caught it. I'm always, you know, ask if I can steal it for a blog. They're having a hard time versus giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've, you know, this is something you've used before because it came out naturally. That's, that's beautiful. And then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, for sure, that's what's going on. And our job is to be able to have the empathy to be with them when they're having a hard time. And I, I have this, this term I use that I, part of our learning agenda is called professional empathy, which is this idea that we don't feel what they feel. We understand what they feel. We can be with what they feel and help them through the situation while they're feeling that. But we don't feel it. And it's really important as paid professionals that we don't feel it. It kind of keeps us from being able to be present for them. Yeah, that's huge because I find that, you know, going back to your earlier comment about people getting into the industry, there is a genuineness of wanting to help. And I think that, you know, people who do come into the industry do so because they have this helping personality, which can sometimes lend itself to being emotional, um, which is a good thing, you know, to have somebody that's in touch with their emotions. But I do see how they can get emotionally invested. And when someone's in the ditch, they jump in there with them. And, you know, how are you going to get your boat? How are you guys going to get yourselves out if you're both in the same place? And so I really like that distinction of you being able to understand emotional aspects of it without having to actually feel it. Um, because when you're not feeling it, you're, you're, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but you're, you're better able to support. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a good analogy because a lot of people go, no, no, I care. That's the biggest value I have, Sue, is that I care. I'm not going to give that up. It's that badge of honor. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you're not going to stop caring. You're going to care even more. In fact, the highest level of care is to not allow your feelings to get in the way. And, yeah, it's a hard shift to make, but I often think about someone saying, imagine that you're, um, you're a doctor, and what you're really, really good at is being able to remove a tumor perfectly every time. You, you, know, you know how to cut that boundary perfectly mm-hmm. so that that patient lives and doesn't even suffer all that much from the surgery because you're so good. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have great bedside manner. Just go and do that a lot. You know, that doctor should be doing a lot of that and shouldn't be sitting around, you know, uh, rubbing the patient's back afterwards. That's somebody else's job. And so we don't want that doctor to have, you know, to be in the same emotional boat with each of those patients. We want that doctor to do their job incredibly well. And the caring part is stay really good at what you're doing Mm -hmm. so that you can save more people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so you do care because you're excellent at what this one particular job that you do. That's it. That's the, um, so the kind excellence of piece. Analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So now, um, so we've talked a little bit about uh, negotiating and the competitive versus collaborative and that, you know, really how it's the strive for excellence that sets us apart. That really is our competitive advantage. We all have things that we're good at. Um, and those are the things that we should be focusing on. Now, you and I touched upon 
very briefly in, in uh, a conversation around negotiating time with ourselves. And I thought that was such an interesting concept. We were talking about work-life balance and how we can negotiate uh, with ourselves. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's a really, really great concept that my listeners uh, would probably need to hear. Yeah, you know, commonly called time management, which bad news, no chance you can manage time. There's 24 hours in every single day, and there's no more than 24 hours, and there's seven of those in a week, and there's no more than seven. Um, And it's, you know, sometimes it's funny to think about, you know, there are people that do a lot with that 24 hours, like a lot more than we do as realtors. They run countries. They run enormous corporations. Um, They run huge fundraising organizations in the same amount of time as we have. So, you know, part of it's, it's saying, okay, there is a different perspective on time than what we have. Uh, we, we have a choice about how we spend our time. And when we make that perspective change, then it, you know, first of all, it comes back to us. It's not the world taking up our time. We are choosing how we, how we spend that, how we spend that time. And, you know, Stephen Covey had a, a, a river rocks analogy that it would be, you know, I think people should share, but the idea is for him is you have to put the big and important things in first. And the big important things will be different for everybody. The big important things might be, for me, was my daughter who had medical needs. For you, it might be um, your gym. It might be, it might be uh, real estate. It might be, it could be, it could be whatever it is. And so putting mm-hmm. the big things in first really, really matters and then putting everything else in around them. But that means you need to understand what's important to you. And what's important to you, as you, you may believe that what's important to you is making a ton of money. I've never met anybody who, when I dig a little deeper, making a ton of money is important. Mm. They may want some of the things that they believe that money will buy. Yes. Like the freedom and the security and the ability to sleep at night because I don't have to worry about money and an opportunity to see the world because I'm super curious about, you know, international destinations. Um, and those are the things that are important, not the money. The money is, is what, we, what we need to accumulate to be able to achieve those uh, important, important goals in our life. So... With, with time, Ian, it is, it, it's this finite 24 hours, and so every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. So you need to have a very, very clear perspective on what's important to you and then fit those things in with discipline. I watch people do this in real estate, and this is going to ring bells for you. Okay, I need to spend five hours in real estate today prospecting. That's what I need to do. <laughs> I should, I should got to do this. And they sit down at their desk or, you know, wherever they are, and they look at the phone for about a half an hour before they finally pick it up and dial the number of one of their past clients. And then they're completely relieved when the past client doesn't pick up and they can leave a message. <laughs> You're so so that's good. Nose. Now 35 minutes has passed and they've done nothing. And now they're tired, right, because this has been really stressful. So they get up and they go get a cup of coffee. And they have a cup of coffee and they think about the second call. And they come back to their desk. And anyway, you get the idea, right? And they don't make (laughs) it through six hours because it's far too stressful. I'm exhausted after 55 minutes of this. And so I leave my desk. And now I have to recover. I have to, like, do something to recover. I have to talk with a friend or I have to have, like, some food or I have to have, like, a beer. And nothing's happened, right? And we need to stop doing that. If you truly can't pick up the phone and call your past clients, 
you need to either find another way to have conversations with people or you need to get some coaching and figure out what it is that's keeping you from being able to call your past clients. Don't spend six hours not calling your past clients because mm-hmm. that's not working. Amen to um, that. And, that you know, is, yeah. Yeah. So I make you smile and I think everybody hopefully make other people smile. And that's really just an analogy for so many of the things we do that we're, we're inefficient and ineffective at because of our own emotions. Right. And we need to get to the, to the bottom of that. For me, again, I was forced into it. First career, yeah, I'd do that. I'd be look at the phone and be afraid of it and waste a whole bunch of time. But once I went back into real estate after I'd had uh, my baby and uh, she had the needs, I didn't have the luxury of that. You know, I needed to have my 20 or 30 conversations a week, as we all do, and um, I had them. And I had them effectively and efficiently because I didn't have any other choice. Right. And uh, that's sort of what, you know, a lot of the coaching we do is helping people um, really just get rid of some of those barriers to doing the work that matters. I love it. I love it. You hit it on the nose. It's so true, though. That's exactly that's exactly the behavior that that realtors engage in when it comes to being solely focused on this. I have to do this, and this is the way I'm told how to run my business. And and you're talking a lot about choice, which is so much more powerful. How much more empowering is it to know that you have a choice in the matter um, versus feeling like you have to do something? Um, and that's so that's negotiating with yourself. That was that was brilliant. I loved it. Thank you. You. We if, also negotiate with yeah. ourselves over that tub of haagen right? <laughs> <laughs> so that totally glass different, of that's wine. That's a totally different issue. That is totally <laughs> different. It's a choice. I made that choice. I'll just run on the treadmill longer tomorrow. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So now, um, maybe you can uh, leave a few tips before we sort of wrap up our conversation, because we, we've talked about a lot today, um, you know, and I'm sure uh, our listeners are probably feeling the same. We talked about, first of all, your very relatable, real story and journey of entrepreneurship and how you managed through those struggles of time management and keeping things in priority and being able to be there for your daughter and build a successful business. We talked about, you know, the collaborative versus competitive um, negotiating, what it means to really work um, with excellence and, and, you know, using that as your competitive advantage. Um, If we could leave our listeners with a few tips on how to successfully negotiate. So somebody that's never taken your course or had the privilege of being able to coach with you, who maybe is just starting out in real estate right now and is going to be influenced by a number of different, you know, real estate organizations or people out there telling them that this is the way that they need to do it. And I know that you don't, you don't really coach from a perspective of this is how you do it. You talk a lot about alignment and, and you know, and, and working in within your purpose. So what are some strategies that somebody could do or use right now, even if they're just starting out to become better negotiators? Yeah, and that's a big question because the negotiation is, it's everything, right? How we integrate with our own business, how we attract clients, and then how we serve those clients, right? The the negotiation is part of all of it. And really what I, what I want to say to your listeners, whether you're a new agent or an agent who's been at this forever and struggles or an agent who's been at this forever and is doing great is... Or you know, anybody really for make that matter, it, anyone for that matter who's working with people. Anybody. Yeah, you know, this... This commitment to being excellent at what you do, I think, is is critical, particularly at a time of technology disruption when, you know, if all we're doing is what a computer is doing, we're going to be done mm. because computers can do it better. And so 
this deep understanding of what excellence is in your industry. And in real estate, it is about empathy. It's about engagement. It's about ethical behavior. It's about a deep understanding of the rules and the laws. It's about a deep understanding about people and a really significant and, and authentic commitment to serve that client in a really brilliant way, which means, you know, getting your skills honed um, in, in every direction. It doesn't mean hammering people in prospecting. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just doesn't. Uh, you know, lead generation is changing um, dramatically. Still, the most successful agents are going out and getting their business from referrals. Referrals come from relationships. People will, if you're good at what you do, people will refer you without a doubt. It doesn't mean that I think this whole online lead gen thing doesn't work. But even then, if you're if you're calling an online lead, it's a person. It and is. if you have the skills to be able to connect with that person you're going to be able to build a relationship and have the honor of being able to serve them. So, you know, the commitment to excellence, be the massage therapist who never has to advertise that they're so good that everybody just wants to work with them and refers them to everybody because they're so good. Be, be that person. Mm-hmm. And you're going to survive whatever changes come in real estate. You're going to enjoy every day and your business is going to grow faster than you can possibly believe. Oh, and how perfect is that? Just to sit in that feeling of being happy and joyful and fulfilled with what you do and being able to make an impact on people's lives. I, I mean, I think we really are in, a, in the, one of the most amazing industries because of the role that we can play. And I love all of your advice that you've shared about really guiding people towards that. It's just, just be brilliant at what you do and serve people. It's that simple. It really is. And, um, yeah, we're very, very lucky that, uh, you know, we have this, this industry called real estate. It's, it's given me an amazing, amazing life. And um, that it, it will continue to, even through the changes yeah. for those that commit to it. I love it. Suze, thank you so much. And I know you share an abundance of resources on your blog, and I'm going to leave all of that, all of the links to, um, to get to that blog in my show notes for uh, my listeners. And I'm going to highly encourage the listeners that if anybody um, is in and around um, North America and is interested in taking one of your courses or um, getting coached by you, I would highly recommend it because you just, your value system, what you stand for, your proven success in how you work with people speaks alone. And that, that really is your excellence piece. I mean, you are great at what you do and you do it so well and you empower people to want to do that with you. So kudos to you because you're making huge changes in our industry because of your expertise. Michelle, thank you very much. And, you know, when we first met, we obviously shared these values and, and your brokerage and now, and now your podcast are, are delivering the kind, of, um, the kind of information that's so crucial right now. So thank you for everything you do. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much to Suze for taking the time to be with us today. We talked about so many things. We talked about negotiating and how that skill plays into who we are and what we do in our business and for our clients. We talked about learning to be in alignment with our purpose and what matters to us so that we can learn to attract more of the clients that we want. And we also talked about excellence and how when we find what we're good at, that we need to hone that skill to keep our clients and to help our clients and how that is truly what sets us apart. And that is what causes the repeat and referral business that we're all after. 
To learn more about Suze, please head on over to her website at www.thenatureofrealestate.com and subscribe to her blog. Suze's mission is all about being able to help make you a better and stronger negotiator so that you can continue to create a business and life you love. Well, that's all I have for now, guys. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I look forward to chatting with you again next week, same time, same place. Have a good one.